Filmmaker Commentary, episode 182. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we cover movies with commentaries from directors who take the time to record them on Blu-ray and DVDs. We also give our detailed insights, so look out for spoilers. We discuss the latest in showbiz news along with movies and TV shows that we've been watching. So join Reginald Titus Jr. That's me. And Casey G. Smith. That's me. Every week here on Filmmaker Commentary. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with... Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we're talking about Contact, 1997, directed by Robert Zemeckis. What was the budget and box office for this film? So Contact, on a $90 million budget, came out with a not-so-whopping $171 million at the worldwide box office. What is that? I have no idea. That was strange. That was strange. <laughs> that was kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> it almost sounded like locusts outside, it did. But, like, but like with within the microphones. That's not good. Ghost in the machines. Oh no! Is it? No. That's strange. Anyhow, okay. But it came and it went. It did. As as we're doing contact, <laughs> what the easy? Wow, we made contact, everybody. Um, wow, that's it. A hundred. It was ninety, yeah. and it only made a hundred and seventy. Yeah. That's, that's a that's a that's a, that's a fail because that's yeah. not even including marketing. Wow! But you know what? I didn't think it was that expensive until maybe it's just that one little whirly world thing. No, there are a lot of digital effects in this film. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of digital those effects. Special effects ramped it up one hundred percent. Like oh. you, like stuff you wouldn't think were visual effects are visual effects. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. And it was fairly, you know, it's kind of those early days of digital effects, so. Mm-hmm. It was a little shoddy. Um, <laughs> I wonder how much Jody pulled in on that one. Like, what was her, was this the, you know, was this 10 million, 20 million? What was her rate this time? She was kind of at the, almost at the height of her. Yeah? Yeah, because she was in the 90s. Like, Jody was, she was one of the, the, I'm sure one of the highest paid, right? Probably her and Julia Roberts. Absolutely. Probably some of the highest paid uh, actresses in the, in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, so. that's unfortunate. Didn't win any like any awards, or what was like the sentiment at the time? Um, I think it was well respected and, and, and heralded. I didn't watch it until well this this go round, hey. but it did get nominated for uh, one Academy Award for sound design. Man, my sound was shoddy on mine. Oh yeah, yeah, but I got it's a DVD. It's an older DVD. I'm pretty sure they remastered it since then. Yeah, mine was on the Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it sounded good and looked good on that one. I should have got one. It was solid. But uh, before we f- talk further about Contact by Robert Zemeckis in 1997, let's talk about TV news and movies watched. All right, so in the news, according to Variety, box office Blue Beetle buzzing above Barbie after a $10 million opening day, strays looking hand dog i don't know what that means that last part <laughs> straight looking hand dog. I, I don't i have no idea what that means uh after four weeks of pink the box office is going blue <laughs> <laughs> Des- yes despite a muted opening dc studios blue beetle looks to dethrone fellow warner brothers release barbie after the hot pink comedy spat nearly spent nearly a month atop domestic charts Ooh. um hmm i wonder what the budget was for blue beetle blue beetle 
Uh, actually, let's see here. I think I saw um, a headline. The hero movie no one asked for. Actually, we'll get to it in movies. All right. I actually took in Blue Beetle. Oh, let's get it. Um, says, I think the... Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing the budget here immediately. Okay, but sure. but yeah, so Blue Beetle seems to be it's doing, on its way, doing doing all right. At the box office. I don't. I I hope it. I hope it does well. I think it's. I think it's worthwhile going to see it. Again, I'll touch more on that in a moment. Okay. But uh, so that's that's one bit of news. Second bit of news. This tied this ties into a a link that I sent you uh, earlier this week. Probably I think I sent it to you on Friday. But uh, according to IndieWire, Michael Sarah says he felt depressed after Scott Pilgrim versus the world wrapped. Uh, it just all goes away. 13 years after the film's theatrical release, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World remains one of the defining roles of Michael Sarah's film career. And the actor's enthusiasm for his role uh, in the Edgar Wright film hasn't diminished in the slightest. Hmm. In a new interview with GQ, Sarah took a trip down memory lane and revisited some of his most iconic roles. When the conversation inevitably turned to Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Sarah spoke fondly about working with Wright and his all-star supporting cast of the adaptation adaptation of Brian Lee O'Malley's hit graphic novel series. We just all had the greatest vibe with everybody, Sarah said. I think that trickled down from Edgar and the energy that he was creating. We all got to rehearse together and spend a lot of time together before we started making the movie. Uh, nonetheless, so I mentioned that article because it's pretty awesome that uh, on Netflix in November, mm -hmm. there is a, a Scott Pilgrim animated show yeah. that's going to be dropping and has like all the original cast members from the movie that's legit. That alone, doing the I'm in. work. I'm in. Yo, I'm in. come on. I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, that's, yeah. It's exciting and I'm glad that they still have the same fire for it because it is one of those things like, oh man, you know, those guys, you know, everybody's kind of grown up since then. They never look like that again. So they, but with animation, it always looks the same. So you can kind of always come and, and be that character. And it's the true styles of the, the, the actual graphic novel. So it's like it's yeah. like that perfect marriage of everything. But to see, like, again, if you get a chance on, on Netflix to see the trailer for it, it's, it's specifically called Scott Pilgrim. Let me get the name right. Because I respect on the name. On the name. So I was I was introduced to the Scott Pilgrim. I forgot what episode we covered it uh, early on in our episodes, but um, I never did watch lit read the graphic novel. Neither did I. Uh, but man, that movie is fantastic. Oh gosh. So good. So good. <laughs> um, what's this thing called? It is called, here we go. Scott Pilgrim takes off. There we go. Okay. Is the name of the, the animated series going to be dropping in November. But yeah, again, all the original, just about all the original cast. Cause I was looking through the names cause they have a, a screen that pops up. It's got all the names. I pop pause it. I was like, eh. <laughs> sure enough, man, from Anna Kendrick to, um, Brandon, Brandon Ralph. He see he was in Superman. He was Returns. vegan. Was he the vegan? Super yeah, vegan? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think Brandon, Brandon Ralph. That's not. It's not. I'm not saying his last name right, but. but and then our other guy from uh, Wes Anderson's films. Um, he was the villain. Um, I, I can't remember their names though. Sorry about that. Um, again, Anna Kendrick. Uh, oh man, she was just in. Uh, she was in Death Proof. Um, 
Yeah, she was I'm, singing, yeah, but I don't remember I'm, her I'm name. Blanking on everybody's uh, Mary Lou. Oh, no, Elizabeth Winstead. Okay, uh, it's not. I'm, 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 I am just. I have to trust you because I don't have it. I'm butchering it. I'm butchering the names, but there's one name in particular. Uh, my girl, who again, I, I watch a lot of her films. Uh, the one that w- that has the red hair. No, it's not even her. Oh. Not the one that says we are sex revolutionaries. She's a good actress. She is. She's. I've seen her in quite a few things since then. She was in the, the newsroom on, on HBO a couple years ago. Nah. Solid. She was excellent in that. In devs, I, I would recommend devs. Oh, now this is a uh, oh, man. She's. Let's move on. We don't have their names. <laughs> man, I can't believe I can't remember her name. I'm just. We'll come back. Dang it. <laughs> uh, that, what, that's a fail. Ah. Uh, uh, any more news? No, that, that was it for news. What you been watching in the uh, TV film world? Ah, TV film world, I have been watching Blue Beetle. Okay. Went to see that uh, yesterday evening in the theaters. Had a great time. Really? Real talk. Great time with Blue Beetle. Uh, it, was, it was better than I expected. Like, that's always the, good. That's always good when it's better than expected. I'll take that. Yeah, seen the trailers, and I was like, okay. Um, but it's it's again it's, it's number one like we we get we get a Latino superhero which yeah. is overdue you know there's, there's there's not many like even in the comic books there's not not many between DC and Marvel there's I mean like only a handful Miles Morales like you know you said it last time so oh yeah yeah Afro Latino um, there's Jaime is interesting that there's like two Jaime Reyes is one being Blue Beetle then Jaime Reyes Ghost Rider which is hmm. Interesting. I got like, huh? But um, but yeah. This this was this was solid. It was fun. George Lopez. It, there's, oh, there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of comedy in the, in it. But but like it, I, we had a good time. Me and my buddy, we had we had a real good time watching it. Um, you know the the special effects movie stuff is kind of like stuff you you would you would consider. There's um, the kind of. I've got this thing, like this, basically this this thing that's attached to me. We've seen it in the trailers. The thing that this, this, this scarab attaches to Jaime Reyes, and it has a voice that talks to him, kind of similar to what we kind of saw in Venom, oh, like yeah. that kind of thing going on. I'm hungry. Yes, yeah, so, but there's there's a cool play like on, on on that throughout it. But yo, I was I, I enjoyed Blue Beetle. I hope it gets more shine. It's worth checking out. You know, you can something you can go with the fam. It's it's got good vibes. But yeah, Blue Beetle, I thought was pretty solid. Yeah, my uh, we introduced to the actor from uh, Cobra Kai, so we're um, my family's familiar with the actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, it might be worth checking out if it's uh, you say it's good, we'll go check it out. Yeah, I thought it could have been maybe about ten minutes shorter. Oh, but other than that, it was uh, it was pretty solid. Um, what you been watching? What have I been watching? Okay, Aubrey Plaza, that's her name. Dad gum just came to me from. Uh, <laughs> She's in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. She plays his. <laughs> she's not playing his sister, but she plays his sister's friend. She's the one that curses all the time, but they keep beeping her out. She works oh, okay. the coffee shop. Um, man, not too. I, dude, I don't think we've really watched anything. Um, so in in Dawson's Creek, we're still watching Dawson's Creek. Hey, hey, <laughs> season two, episode twelve is, is an episode called Uncharted Waters, and. You'll probably like cry two or three times in that episode. Just be, really, yeah. my wife was like, "Why am I crying again?" It's like because mm. <laughs> it's dealing with like a lot of psychological stuff, man. It, I was like, "This is they're kind of digging in deep here, man." Wow. Uh, but yeah, um, so I did watch a trailer called "The Kill Room." I almost got excited. It's uh, Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman, 
what's her daughter's name? Uh, Hawk. Uh, I forgot her daughter's first name. Ethan uh, Ethan Hawk. Uma Thurman, Ethan Hawk's daughter. Uh huh. I have no idea. Um. So for for a quick second, I was thinking. I was like, all right, Samuel Jackson. Okay, Uma, her daughter. <gasps> I thought it was going to be uh, Kill Bill Part 3. Oh, <laughs> fair. That's a fair thought to have. Yes. Um, so anyhow, um, but it's not. It's a movie called The Kill Room. and uh, But it looks like it might be interesting. Basically, it's a... Um, it's a movie where Samuel Jackson needs to launder some money. He, he's trying to find a way to launder money. He uses uh, Uma Thurman's shop. She's an uh, art, uh, she, art yeah, vendor. She's an art praiser. I, I saw that. And uh, so they launder the money through her little situation. And the art that they're actually putting in her showroom is becoming popular. And so that's when things turn. Maya. Maya, Maya Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. From Stranger Things, everybody. Um, so anyhow. I, I always forget that's her daughter. She's legit. Um, got the genes for it, right? And then jo, uh, Joe Maganello also is uh, is in it from Blue Beetle. Uh, from that Pee Wee Herman special. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And from, that was his buddy in Pee Wee. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman. From, uh, I'm terrible. I'm just forgetting everything today. Sorry. Uh, True Blood. Uh, and other things <laughs> and other things and other things Joe <laughs> Maganello uh, I'll take it way back from the first Spider-Man movie he played Flash Thompson wow yeah that's right yeah that was a clean shaven Joe Maganello <laughs> young Joe Maganello that's funny um, and then one other uh, trailer I watched was Mrs. Davis on Peacock it's a Peacock original and basically a nun she has like this blue outfit. It's a nun uniform, but it's all blue. And she and on the cover, she's riding uh, the white pale horse. She's like it's up in the air. I'm like, hmm. But it's what? basically AI is taking over everybody's technology, and it's like she has to go on this mission that this AI, which is kind of like AirPods, like how AirPods work. But in their quote unquote AirPods, the AI is telling these people what to do. Oh wow! And and they are giving her instructions on what to do on behalf of whoever's controlling this AI stuff. Mrs. Davis. Interesting. Interesting. So something that I watched actually a couple weeks ago that I didn't mention that I, but I did watch on Peacock was um you know, I, I dabble in a little WWE every now and then. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been into it a little bit a little bit more with the whole like bloodline thing. It's been it's been pretty interesting what they got going on. But anyway, but uh there's a documentary on Cody Rhodes called called Becoming Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes, the son of the late great legendary Dusty Rose, baby. <laughs> the Mac and Dream. But uh, this is a solid, solid documentary on his his journey, how he broke into the business, his time in WWE, kind of growing up, then him getting to a point where he felt he just kind of stagnated, mm-hmm. and then after his his dad passed away, then he left. He left WWE, went on the indie scene, like wrestling at these indie shows, and, and got got won like championships like at each indie place. Then got together with some friends of his, and they put together their own pay per view called All In. And got all this indie talent, and like they made money, like did their own thing. It was truly like pretty incredible that they pulled this thing off. Mm-hmm. And then from that, Tony Khan, then they, that's how AEW basically got formed, which is kind of the the adjacent kind of biggest wrestling mm-hmm. promotion going right now. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, so it, but it's cool to see because WWE, WWE talent has jumped shipped over to AEW, and they've. Like they're doing all right. They've got three shows that run throughout the week: Wednesday night, 
Friday and Saturday, and they've got their monthly pay-per-views, all that kind of stuff. But Cody was like the, I don't know, the, he was like he was like one of the top guys there, and then he like kind of just abruptly left, dang, and came back to WWE about mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Showed up at WrestleMania, like hey, in in Dallas. <laughs> it was it was a pretty awesome trend. I, I was like, wait, what is going on? Because he was he was top dude at this company, and all of a sudden he's back. Anyway, so. The documentary takes you on that journey. It's nice. pretty freaking solid. Uh, really enjoyed it. And his whole thing is that at all the titles that his dad won, he never won the WWE championship. Mm-hmm. And so his his goal is to is to win that championship. Okay. Not just for his, before it was for his dad. Now it's for his, himself and his family. Keep the storyline going. Yeah, but 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 for his dad as well. But anyway, it was it was it was really well done. Like even. Like some of the uh, the visual effects they use as he's going through his journey, it, it was it was kind of like next level for a WWE documentary. Speaking of wrestling and chairs, did you watch the Sweet Sweet Tea Alabama brawl last week? I did not. Oh, this set the internet on fire. What? Real quick, there is. So hopefully, I'm getting this right. Montgomery, Alabama. There was this boat that was pulling. I'm, I'm not doing this story justice, but. There's a boat that's pulling up, black guy who works there. He's telling these people, hey, um, you know, don't park here. They get mad. They start jumping the black dude. They're all these all white uh, drunken people. Oh. He throws his hat in the air, and then there's this other boat full of black folks, and they come to his aid to Wait, help. And somebody same- pulls out a chair. It's <laughs> smacking a dude. Hold up, hold up. Wait, I got, I got to pause that. Yes, you said he threw his hat in like the this air. air. Yeah, because the guys like hit him, and then he has his hat on. And he throws it up in the air like, like this. this so signal. this has become yeah. So this has become like a meme over the last two weeks on the internet. That's incredible. So if you the see hat. people with chairs on their like a folding chair, like in wrestling, if you see people with folding chairs on the shirt or a hat that's just randomly in the air, that's where all that pipe holy, pop icon stuff is coming from. Holy smoke! I'm, I'm enamored by the. Like, oh my gosh! Like the the throwing yeah, the hat in the air is a signal, and they knew like assemble. And then all the people from Alabama, all these black folks, come to his aid to help him because black I mean, Alabamians assemble. That's I, I just think black folks are tired of seeing another black person killed on camera. No doubt, uh, there was a guy in uh, New York who got like under a chokehold. This young guy like. Killed this black dude on the chokehold. This is recent. And then, of course, we all are familiar with the George Floyd situation Mm -hmm. where people could have came to the aid but didn't. This is a totally different situation where all these people come to the aid of this guy Mm. and get these people off of them and fight. I've got to find this video now. Yes. Yeah. It's called, uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad he, all kidding aside, I'm glad that he got help. Got helped. And no one got killed or shot. But someone was filming. Everybody was filming because it was having a blast. It's summertime. This is like, and on top, they're calling it the sweet, the Alabama sweet tea party. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So yeah, that was like the internet was on fire for the last two weeks, bro. It's been very interesting. Interesting. So let me mention one one more thing that I've uh, been watching that that I watched. Yeah. This is a movie that I've never seen before. Okay. It's called Urban Cowboy. With John Travolta. Have you ever seen it before? Oh, John Travolta. Yes, Ooh, sir. That's a throwback. That is, 1980. Never seen it. Neither had I. Yeah. But I was on, I've been going through like my Max Live. You know, I kind of will randomly add things to my list. And I'd seen them before and I was like, you know what? I've never watched it, but I've, I see, I've seen the, the key art and I'm like, mm-hmm. one day. And so I, I'd add it to my list and I was yeah. flip, flipping through Saturday morning. I was like, today, today is the day. <laughs> hit play. 
you read the synopsis, you know, uh, uh, it was like set, set in Houston. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, Texas. Okay. All right, let's do it. But uh, solid, solid film. And honestly, the soundtrack is pretty dang good. Really? It's 80s country. I don't, I don't seek out country music just, just like that, but there are some good country hits. All this right. one has Devil Went Down to Georgia. Like, I don't care who you are, man. Like, you can't, you, you got to at least respect that song. You, you, you've heard the song, right? The Devil. I'm pretty sure I have. I like, don't know the names of any of the country songs, but something about country reminds me of blues, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so there, 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 there are definite tie-ins and, and, and vibes you can get. But, I mean, the, um, the Devil Went Down to Georgia, like, that song at the time was so popular. Like, again, he, like, Charlie Daniels literally performs it, like, in, in the, they're, in like the in, they're like in Gilly's Bar in, in Houston. Uh-huh. And he literally like learned the third act. He actually his band actually performed that song. But that that song is again just lyrically, it's telling a story. It's it's I think it's country at its best. Yeah, and it's okay. got it's got the, the violin. Okay. Anyway, so mm-hmm. all that's going on, but it's a solid film, man. John Travolta is is doing his thing. Like he's again, he's literally a, a cowboy from some town. He's, he goes to Houston, tries to make it. Ends up falling in love with this other young girl. They impulsively get married quick. That they're, they're young and whatever, and it is this is eighty. So there's a little like, you know, like him trying to kind of control her. She rebels, and then this this bar they go to every night. Mm-hmm. I guess that's all they do. They go to the same bar every night, see the same people. There's one dance. There's one scene where because you know John Travolta, you know the dude can dance, right? Yeah. This one, he does some country line dancing. Dude is killing it. Like, he's doing <laughs> these steps like this cross little step thing. Like uh, it's. Country line dancing, like when it's done right, it's impressive. And like he's he's but Travolta, he's this guy choreography guy's doing his thing. And they start like riding these like mechanical bulls and like he's riding, getting the hang of it, and like his his girlfriend's like, I wanna ride. He's like, they're not gonna ride, no. And he's being being, you know, just like, you know, trying to like you know, whatever, control her. But anyway, stuff happens and uh it's a solid film. Okay. Love Urban story. Cowboy, nice. Nice soundtrack and mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live tie So the one song that plays kind of multiple times throughout is a song called "Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places." All right, looking for love in all the wrong places. And every time I hear that, I, I all I think of is Eddie Murphy, <laughs> absolutely Saturday Night Live, Buckwheat. <laughs> but now I know, like timing wise, like when when he would have been on there would have been when that, that song was out. Okay, one hundred percent. I'm like ah, because that was 1980. I'm like okay, this makes sense. Anyway, uh, Urban Cowboy on uh, Max. You never mm. seen it before? Worth worth a watch. Worth check it out. Yeah, check it out. Solid, solid little watch. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, I've just been on my, my other shows. Like, still on My Adventures with Superman. Still on First and Ten. Still on uh, Dallas and uh, Donna Reed show. So still doing some of my old school stuff. Rock and roll. Yes, sir. And today's show is sponsored by Natural Hair the Movie by Grand River Matter Films. Available to stream on Tubi. On demand, as well as Roku, and on YouTube. Please check it out and leave a review. Now let's jump back into the show. Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about Contact, and it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, and it came out in 1997. Now let's jump into the synopsis. Dr. Ellie Arroway, after years of searching, finds conclusive radio proof of extraterrestrial intelligence, sending plans for a mysterious machine. 
contact. Contact. <laughs> and if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. spoilers. You've been forewarned. Who is in our cast? The cast of Contact consists of one Jodie Foster as Ellie Arroway. It also consists of one William Fichtner as Kent. We also have the great Matthew McConaughey as Palmer Joss. We also have Tim Skerritt as David Drumlin. And we also have, where is he? here his role is, is small but but in, oh we have of course we have James Woods as Michael Kitts oh yeah always still in the scenes we have the incomparable Angela Bassett oh, as yeah. Rachel Constantine oh, yeah. his names <laughs> uh, where is he at he's a guy from Alien that's in, in here um, we have a brief appearance by Rob Lowe as Richard Rank okay Ah, we have John Hurt as S.R. Hayden. Oh, yeah. Ball-headed man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a shout-out to the young actress, uh, one Miss uh, Jenna Malone. Jenna. As young Ellie. Yeah, she did a pretty good job. How did you watch this film? Blu-ray, yesterday. <laughs> so it was your first time watching it yesterday? Yes, sir. I'd seen the, the previews for it uh-huh. when I was... In high school, because it's ninety seven, I yeah. was like, nah, I wasn't feeling it. I was like, just Jodie Foster looking at satellite. So yeah, I was, like, I was like, I was like, I don't care about that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, didn't uh, watching a given Sunday instead. That's there we go. At that time, jump, jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was watching Sunday. Yeah, uh, rush hour. Oh yeah, come on. Yeah, there was a lot of the things. There's a lot going on. Ninety seven. You got to come with 97? it. Ninety <laughs> seven. Yeah, yeah. You got to come with it in ninety seven. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it was uh, a lady looking at satellites, ain't it? <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. That's but probably, it's the truth. I, I contributed to that 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 uh, measly one ninety. Mm-hmm. No, that one seventy one at the box office. Yeah, I was a. I was a part of that. Yeah, I mean, hey, maybe it wasn't the demographic. That's what I would guess. I don't think I, I was black I, I boy teenagers. All, I don't think uh, we're part of the demographic for Jodie Foster watching satellites. Yeah, I watched. I watched all kinds of stuff growing up. You know, especially like when stuff would come to video. That's when you could experiment. And say, okay, what's this over here? And we watched. We watched plenty of Jodie Foster movies in the nineties growing up. Like which one though? Nell, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. That one. That was come on. Everybody. That's a classic. Yeah, and that's crossover. That one. That yeah. one. That was pop culture. Very true. But we, but we watched we watched Nell. Oh, we watched one. Man, this one is one of those rape revenge movies. Ooh, uh, that's right. I did not watch that. I heard about that one by researching Jodie Foster. I can't think of the name of it though. Yes, yeah. that one was a bad. That one. That one was that rough. One was, that was that was rough. I remember again watching as a kid. Like, oh man, what's what's happening? But, but she gets. She <laughs> Glad gave I a, didn't watch it. As a she, kid. She, gave, she gave a solid <laughs> performance though. Uh, so I was reading an article specifically about that rape scene you know, like it's like three minutes or something like that but she wanted to go into there not knowing not doing all the research to be unprepared basically because oh, usually wow. she is prepared and so that's why that scene is so raw because she's literally going through a rape Whoa. right in front of us that'd be so, interesting to hear a commentary track on that so i was like so it's a little bit more real it feels a little bit more real well, 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 and it actually traumatized her wow i wonder how many takes they did on that i don't know but no 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 See, Those care. are always rough to, like, how do you approach that? Yeah, yeah, that one's difficult. 
I say now I'm curious what what the name of that film was. She she actually got her first Oscar for that from that film. The Accused. That's it right there. It's one of our top films. The Accused. Yeah, I did not watch that. Gosh, yeah, her top four films that show up on IMDb: Silence of the Lambs, Taxi Driver, The Brave One, and The Accused. Oh, we watched The Brave One we did. in our research. I remember that. That's right. Because um, it was revenge, right? It was yes, sir. from a beating. Um, yeah, that's all of her. Very all controversial. She's not afraid to take those risks. My God. Yeah, she's a she's a risk taker. <laughs> this may have been one of her one of her more conservative films. Yeah, she's getting just cashing the check on this one. <laughs> <laughs> not saying she didn't put in the work, but she took some lumps in this film. Let's listen to her commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll cover some of that in trivia, though. Let's do it. You'll have to wait for trivia. Absolutely. What did you like or not like about this film? I watched my, now I think about I watched mine on DVD. Did I mention this on the show already? Did I watch it on DVD? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, what did you like or not like? Uh, I like the cast. This is a solid cast. Yeah, I agree. You know? That's probably where all the budget went because all these, a lot of these faces are familiar. Yeah. Yeah, for real. James Wood, whenever he, James Woods, whenever he pops up, he he has this look about him yeah, where smug, yeah, perfect. <laughs> he looks smug and sleazy at the same time. You're like, oh, what's this jackass? He's like the same character any given Sunday with the guy that was like peddling all the medication. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is dirty sports doctor. <laughs> like this guy is, he's, you know, he's always going to be like some kind of creep, some kind of sleaze bag. Yeah, like man, even like towards the end, he's like, you know, I resign and it has nothing to do with anything. I just, I just want to get to the bottom of this investigation, like. Yeah. I'm not running for office. I'm like, oh, this guy's totally running for office. That is fantastic. Politics. Oh, for real. Uh, the cast. I thought the the story. I, I didn't expect it to be so. I, I didn't know what to really expect going into this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story is, is is her her journey as this character is pretty. It's pretty solid to see. I like the the character arc. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, the sound design is pretty critical to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what I liked about it. I always like I'm like I'm always I'm when it comes to sci-fi that's kind of my that's my lane I like it like being there and then specifically like some of the uncharted stuff you know we started talking about aliens and all that stuff so seeing them actually go through with it because usually they could have just been like you know nothing exists da, 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 da. but they went on they went through with it and her character is like oh she made she actually made contact or oh, did she she did <laughs> that's so that's 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 it's fascinating it leaves it leaves some opening to interpretation i don't know um maybe not because that's why she was able to get funded towards the end because um with james wood character and angela bassett she was like you know about she was asking about the footage yeah that's true She's like, i'm not concerned about all you know there's nothing there's nothing on there what about the 18 hours there's 18 hours and of continuous Jod- recording. And Jodie Foster mentions somewhere in, in her commentary something about her watch being like 14 hours uh, ahead or, or something like that. Oh. And which I don't, I, didn't, I don't recall hearing in the Me film. Me either. That may, that may have been a detail maybe in the book because this is, uh. this, this, for those of you who don't know, this is based off a, a novel by... Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was based on a novel until... Carl know. Sagan is the guy's name. Yeah, Carl Sagan. Yeah, so yeah, based off a novel, so there's definitely more details with, within that. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing I did like also, I liked how black people were represented in this film, right? We've got a, a 
press secretary. I think that's what Angela Bassett was. She was, she was the White House press secretary. Mm-hmm. And then we had a brother who was, you know, kind of heading up all the, the space stuff. I don't remember. <laughs> he was got he, 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 he was in Mission Control. He was the at the very beginning and the, the end. At, he's the head guy. When you're in Mission oh, Control, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like he, he's like he was going to hit the he's got the Obama voice. Yes, yeah. very much so. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I can see this guy playing Obama in, in the film. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, places of our guy who plays dresser in Five Heartbeats is like Obama got his voice for me. <laughs> he got a, his whole style for me. That's a Harry Harry <laughs> Lennox. <laughs> Brother, I was like, you know what? You might be on to something. That brother's solid, man. That yeah. brother's solid. Absolutely. Tell him, Dresser. Tell him, man. <laughs> <laughs> you said we're going to be the last time. <laughs> we talking about this. <laughs> Don't get me started if I Harvey. Don't get me started, Reginald. Um, <laughs> you said you're going to quit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um, so I did. I forget how great Jodie Foster is. And I'm reminded when I see this film. It's like, man, she is... Absolutely good. And she was in one of our films that we covered, Taxi, uh, most recently. And also uh, Panic Room. That was way, Ooh, that was early. Yeah. The early days of filming commentary. Yeah, the early days. Wow. Uh, With uh, Kristen Stewart playing her daughter, correct? Ha! Ha ha! Dang. Directed by David Fincher. Yep. Go check it out. Early episode. Jerry Leto with the cornrows. Oh, that may have been like single digit. That was early, early on when we covered. Yeah, that was early on. Panic Room. Boom! I wish I had the episode number. But that was like that's like the early twenties. Like in, in the first twenties, first twenty episodes, Panic Room was in the mix. Let's go. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's what I liked. I, I'm like, okay, Jodie Foster is great. She's just great at what she does. Yeah, she's one of the. Yeah, she's one of the tops. Definitely, like in the in the nineties, she was one of the most recognizable actresses working and and has a, a body of work to uh, to back it up. Absolutely. Um. Commentary. Only I listened to the comment. There was like three commentaries, right? Yes, sir. I've only listened to the one with Robert Zemeckis, and that's it. Okay, I listened to the one with Robert Zemeckis and one of the producers. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis and Steve Starkey. Mm-hmm. And then I also listened to the one with Jodie Foster. Yeah, I, after you talked about the Jodie Foster one, I was like, okay, I got it. At least listen to it or. Right, we 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 laud Jody as an actress, but of in, in her latter years, she has gone into both producing and directing, and you could just tell how cerebral and aware she is of, of a lot of things just yeah. by the way she talks. Probably one of the most qualified directors, right? Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's it's. I I enjoyed listening to her commentary and just had kind of her her take on these things, and even as an actress. And actors in general, when they play a role like this, that's very scientific. Yeah. And they have to to do the the tech, the data speech, blah. exactly, and the, like techniques they use to remember some of these lines as they're spouting this stuff off and trying to sound super knowledgeable about That's it. True. Yeah, it was it was it was very it was very insightful. I, I enjoyed her uh, her commentary. Did you watch any of the uh, special features? Yeah, but they were they yeah. were sparse. They were they were interesting enough. They were special features about special effects. It kind of showing you how some of the things were done. Some were really short, but I wasn't too interested in them. So I, I watched one or two, but eh. meh. If you're into special effects and how they did them back in the, in the day, in the late nineties, <laughs> in the olden times, yeah, you you might be interested in it. But it was you know kind of cool, but nothing. I would I would have liked just even a five minute making of featurette, but eh, maybe there's something like that on YouTube. But 
Yeah, same. I didn't really check the special features out. I went to the commentary and I, yeah, I was tired. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't miss anything. Okay. Um, what do you think the overall tone uh, for this film? How are they reaching the tone? What was the vibe like? It was a drama and a sci-fi adventure. Yeah, with dramatic tones. I think the um, the opening sequence when we see like all here and see the mm-hmm. you know, we're going back from Earth, right? We we start on Earth and we're going back into the back of the galaxies, and then we're hearing the radio feeds, we're hearing people on Earth, we're hearing all the stuff, and then you start hearing like I guess it's the sounds of the stars or whatever the galaxy, and then you hear nothing for a little bit, and then it's like what. This is kind of cool. Yeah, um, like you start to be like, wait a minute, what's is something wrong with my sound? Like you, 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 you wonder, like, is yeah. this supposed to happen? And then it all goes back, and then we go into the eye of Jenna, who's playing Jodie Foster's character. Um, Which is that? That's a, that's a pretty cool effect. It was a good like, shot. The way they the way they come out, like, oh wow, okay. It was like the universe is in your head. Um, and we've seen this before. Like I think it's like Men in Black, where it's like the fade out of everything that happens and then it goes into it's like in you you or the smaller thing inside there is this big universe but it's not as small or as big as you thought it was or it's larger than what you thought it was well but anyhow i I thought they kind of set the tone scientifically on where we're going with this and you know from special effects to this little kid there was a lot of cool little transitions too they did they did like this big uh Op- digital jumps optical mm-hmm. yeah, there's not so much optical this is they rocking their digital big time they've, they've made because this came out after Forrest Gump yeah 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 because it's 97 Forrest Gump for me was I think middle school yeah so they've like Zemeckis has embraced the digital yeah I wonder how I wonder how good they ate off some off a uh, Forrest Gump if they had some points on the back end like still eating off their Forrest Gump money like I guess mm. I'll I want to do something with the stars. Like, <laughs> take me to the moon. <laughs> yes, fly me. We'll to probably the moon. lose money, but we'll make money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jody, Matthew, come on, let's go. Let's get paid. The budget's ninety million. Anyhow, uh, because then when Back to the Future, like it was like twenty million, thirty million. It was very cheap. Anyhow, yeah, uh, they, uh, they, they, yeah. Compared to this, yeah, they they dropped yeah. some coin. That's true. Let me not go too hard on them. But anyhow, I think the the scientific tone was set pretty early on. Oh yeah, yeah, we were we were in for a trip. Um, music is done by Alan Silvestri again. Yeah, hey, he keeps uh, you know, he keeps his people close. Man, I ain't mad. He does he does a good job. So I thought I felt a little Back to the Future. I thought I felt something. Yeah, I thought I had like some sprinkles from uh. The little cheat code, but this—I mean—the tone is so different in this one, right? This True. is this film is very serious on the science, whereas you know we don't have kooky Doc Brown Marty <laughs> breaking it down. Marty, <laughs> I swear he's like on coke. The way <laughs> Doc Brown is high as come on, yeah. <laughs> Doc is coked up. Yeah. <laughs> Marty. It's like, <laughs> hey, God, calm down, okay? <laughs> like, Marty's probably not even real. He's probably like his imaginary friend that follows oh, him on these that trips. Is, that's wild. <laughs> the DeLorean just dis- disappeared. <laughs> Einstein, did you see where Marty went? Oh, man. Doc Brown. That's how nuts he is. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who was it that's after him in the first film? The the uh, the the oh the KGB, not the KGB. It was the, <laughs> the Libyans. <laughs> <laughs> the one that just. <laughs> Oh man, as you after you <laughs> set up a false deal and stole the plutonium like from these Doc guys. Doc is shady, man. He's like, we forget how shady he is. Doc's taking bumps. He's taking some bumps or something. <laughs> man. Look at that hair. Nah, nah Doc. You uh <laughs> You didn't see it before, but now I'm I've got some questions for you, Doc Brown. Yeah, they're hiding under where, where, where you what are you where are you putting this family fortune? Where you where, where, what are you doing with all that money? You got more you got more money to know what to do with. Uh-huh. I don't know. I think he's traveled and made some bets and made some money and he's doing a little extra. He, he got some things going. He doesn't like live by his rules really. He sets them, he tells yeah, everybody else what not to do. And then he doing. breaks them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um style. What kind of style do you think they're uh coming with in this film? It's it's interesting because it's even though it's a sci-fi film, they they really try to ground it. They they did a lot of consulting. Yeah. And again, Carl, the guy who wrote the the original novel, Carl Sagan, is a is is a scientific dude. And actually was he was actually consulting with them um, on the film. And actually, I think he passed actually during the making of the film. What? I didn't catch that trivia. This I want to say this film had been in development before, mm. and and Jody had been interested. And then kind of fell out of interest. And then when when they got a new script, a new vision, and, and she she joined on. But but Sagan passed away. I want to say like during the production of the film, or maybe shortly after its release. Man. But they try to, to really ground the science, and yeah. so it feels. I mean, this this is not this real. Is, yeah, this is not a this is not a comedy like Back to the Future. This is <laughs> like they're 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 grounded in this, and then and it's got it. You feel emotional stakes with um True. with Jodie Foster's character, like you. Even if you don't agree with her, just like viewpoint, um, her her, uh, egg, she you know she's agnostic in in essence, but in, initially, but um, but you you respect her. She, there's an earnestness about her, mm-hmm. earnestness about her. Some development, and it feels like um, yeah, it's a well-rounded character. And early on, kind of going back to tone, even though we're talking about styles, that um, the tone for her emotional state is kind of set early on because oh we discover oh she doesn't have a mom like she doesn't have her dad there and then when we find out that she loses her dad at an early age like early age. holy smokes you know she's traumatized emotionally and, scarred yeah and then the priest what the priest says to her you know that sometimes you know, we're not supposed to you have to just take it as god's will like, and, and her response like no i should have i should have the medicine should have been in a in a in a downstairs in another cabinet so i could have gotten to it quicker mm-hmm you know, she's thinking about what, what she could have done, how she could have controlled the situation. And that kind of comes into play, like with her, how she kind of lives her life. Have evidence, empirical, scientific, do what you can. Science. Um, so from a style standpoint, um, I do like the transitions we were talking about just a second ago. It's just like um, you will have a character talking a certain point. And then it'll transition to another scene, and then the character is finishing the sentence of the other character. Mm. It's transitional scene. So the guy that plays the ball headed is it Sutton Hutton? What's the what's the guy's name? The the ultra wealthy um, foundation owner who gives the grant money 
Who's, who's dying and, and finds himself in, in space. Yeah. H- Hayden, S.R. Hayden. Hayden. So when um, when Jodie Foster's character is discovering that he've, he's figured out the code to the three-dimensional piece of paper and all that, and he, he puts the prime. they find the primer to uh, bring it all together. He's explaining it to her, and as he's explaining it to her, all of a sudden it becomes her sentence, and she's explaining it to everybody in the government. It's like, mm. oh, this is a great transition. And they do that quite a bit. And also, another thing that, that Bob Zemeckis likes to do to keep kind of shots more intimate, he does these master shots where he doesn't do necessarily like individual close-ups, but if there's two people in a, in a scene, mm-hmm. he's going to do the master shot with just those two. Yeah. Probably he does it a lot when it's, when it's Jody and Matthew McConaughey together mm-hmm. and the camera will just, will just follow those two. If they're in, in a room, they go out on a balcony. It's going to, it's going to track and, and track them. It, it means multiple takes that they have to do, but yeah, but he does, he does quite, quite a bit of that sticking with them in those master shots. Um, also another example of that of that style is like the little girls like oh did she say i need a bigger telescope or cellulite um to kind of hear further or about the radio or i need a bigger radio possibly um maybe she's saying radio maybe she's saying satellite but she was like to hear further out she's like i need a i need a bigger satellite i'm a, or we'll go with satellite yeah satellite makes okay. sense. it's like i need a bigger satellite and then soon as she says that um, it transitions it like pans to the left and we see Jodie Foster we're introduced to Jodie Foster as an adult and then Jodie Foster walks to the left and there's this big old satellite behind her I was like ah oh, yeah that's, that was pretty well done so it was like connecting her to that little kid so it was like it was real seamless and there's uh, and speaking of seamless there's actually a number of kind of tracking shots that they do like there's there's a really cool shot again leading up to the scene where her father passes away where you know she's calling out to him and we hear the sound like like he's falling down mm-hmm. and then we see her kind of running yeah running. so she comes she goes downstairs popcorns mm-hmm. on the floor then she's running to go get the medicine exactly so running back upstairs running. but then we, like we see like her running and we realize it's like her running. It, we we're seeing the 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 mirror of the, the the in the bathroom cabinet that she's that we've been in like the reverse of that, and like she comes up to it. It's a it's a it's a, it's a pretty cool shot. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it was kind of interesting too because I can feel the rhythm of that shot. So she's running towards us, the camera. She's running in full speed, but then it slowed down. Like this would be great if it would slow down, and then it slows down. Mm. I was like, "Oh snap!" I was like, I guess I remembered it. She's like, she's running in slow motion, so they over cranking it, so she runs in slow motion. She's still running to us, and we're going into the restroom. She's still following us, and then the camera like moves to the side a little bit, so she runs past us. Then now we're into the mirror. Yeah. We don't see the camera, and then she goes takes medicine. We see there's like five or six vials. There's a lot of medicine. In yeah. There. And then she closes. Then we kind of move in closer, and then fade to white. Mm. It was a good scene. Yeah, it was like it's cool to see him like think those scenes out. They got a little sloppy in Back to the Future Three, but uh, Back to the Future One and Two, they were like kind of on it with like a lot of those transitional shots. It was like, like three was like we tired. It's just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they 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 had they had uh, toted the line quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some themes that you kind of came across? Are we alone in the universe? Man, that's the very first one I put. Okay. Also, I got one of religion versus science. I had faith versus science. Ah, ah. Um, a lot of space. 
Okay. Yes. I had media and politics. Yes. Uh, the cool thing about like the media and politics and religion and science is that that's happening right now in real life. What's happening is you, I don't know if you've been following, but there's been a lot of UFO sightings all around the world, everybody on their phones and everything like that to the point that the government, they're saying the government's about to disclose aliens are real. Oh, wow. So what does that do to your faith when we're talking about aliens are real now? It's been, you know, it's official. The government has said aliens are real. When that happens, what does that do? I don't know, because, again, for me, it doesn't, uh, I don't know, it doesn't disprove the existence yeah. of God. Or, to me, it doesn't uh, make the word of God, the Bible, uh, any less potent or effective, because it doesn't say that there aren't others. <laughs> right. <laughs> Other, uh, yeah, other species out there. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and if you want to get real literal, you're not of this world. So you're the alien. How about that? Oh, in the world, but not of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. I've always, again, it's a vast, vast universe. So that's what would, they tell us. I've never experienced it myself. Ah, ha <laughs> Science, right? Yeah. But I, I would think that it's um, the scientific method, right? You gotta, you know, test. That's true. Data. I've never been able to, so I can only go by what people have told us. Yes, you could read books, you could watch some videos. Yeah. There's, there's there's a lot of content out there. There is a lot of content. in relation to the. You, you know, get a telescope. <laughs> there's a lot of ways to to, to <laughs> take yeah. a look. That's true. I it's used to have a, a telescope. A reading rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> we was about to go down conspiracy lane, conspiracy but, I'll, lane. but I'll wait. Thank you. <laughs> pump, pump the brakes. But that's interesting. Uh, we were we were on themes. Yeah. The other theme I had was telling the truth. Yes. Because Jody's character that that's what regardless what she does, she's gonna tell yeah. what what she sees, uh, what she perceives as her truth. Yeah, uh, at, at whatever stage of life she's in, mm-hmm. and that's something that's uh, uh that that I respect about the character. Again, mm-hmm. I may not agree, but I respect that she'll even even at, even at the even if it hurts her reputation, oh, yeah, she, she's still gonna yeah. tell her truth, even if it hurts her chances of her being career. Aware. Yeah, she's gonna just know this is she's got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any favorite scenes or memorable scenes? Oh, when they first discover the the signal, yeah, yeah, and then her, you know, running back to them and them trying to like come listen, 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 and it stops and it comes back. But that's like, you know, it's just such a huge deal for them, especially knowing what they had gone through to to continue their funding and all that kind of stuff. So for them right. to kind of get, it's like a payoff, it's like it's like a validation. Mm-hmm. And you, because we're already kind of feeling like the what you already kind of we already feel for this character. We we we've, we've been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ingratiated to this character yeah. for what she's already experienced with the loss of family and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, almost yes. like a like a like a Disney movie. Almost That's like true. oh, you know, she's been through some things, and now can she get a break? Exactly. There we go. <laughs> when we see her. She's getting this. It's like her big break. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, and then like the music, I'm mean, not the music, but the, like the sound of it. I'm like, man, this is this works. <laughs> yeah. 
What about you? Another uh, favorite or, mem- or memorable scene? Uh, memorable man, she did them dirty. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's character when like they first like get together, sleep, but like cold, like cuts him off, like just leave your number. I'll call you. Uh, yeah, sleep your number. I'll call you. She gets out of bed, gets dressed, like you know, peace. I'm. I got to go work. Like, I got work to do. Matthew's like, did I? Did I do something? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, uh, Eddie Murphy and Boomerang. You know, how uh, she like cut him off and she was like, oh, I'm out. I'm, I'll catch you later. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he like, pulls the sheets up like he's been like used. Yeah. It's like, man. <laughs> Just a piece of meat. Um, so when when they initially hear the the playback of the signal and it's it's a uh, it's Hitler's address from the, oh, yeah. the, 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 the Olympic Games in, in Berlin. They're like, what? Like you know, the fact people were flipping out over this, but it's uh-huh. like it was a powerful transmission that was sent out. And so that's that's pretty. It's yeah. funny to to hear the re- reaction. That was hilarious because you got the Hitler thing, and then Wide's like kind of going into the Hitler thing, and then it goes right into the introduction to Angela Bass's character. It's like that's how we introduce to these people is through Hitler. <laughs> like she just like kind of going off about like what? Yeah, <laughs> that's the first contact. Mm. Um, but that's. Kind of all I have. Okay, I've got a few more. Um, when Ellie is, she, she, you know, she gets asked by Matthew McConaughey's character if, if she's going to the ball. Mm. And then she has to stop and ask Angela Bassett, you know, where she can go get a dress. Yeah. And you kind of just see, as business-focused as she is, is there's still this connection to McConaughey's character. She keeps popping back up in her life, like kind of hey, randomly. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something, here, baby. But there's something there, and <laughs> yeah. even 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 so much where she wants to she wants to get dolled up, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, to impress him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other scene is when the opportunity is there to 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 to, to be a part, to be the the person who makes his journey on this device that they're going to build. And now Ellie's in front of this. Um, I don't know if you call it a. Uh, panel if you will and mm-hmm. she's being grilled and asked questions oh then, yeah at the end of the movie and there was no this is the midpoint where they're trying to figure out who's going to be the pilot on this device oh yeah yeah. i don't yeah. want to call it a ship but yeah but uh, in the construct and it's down to she's like one of the top five and they're and they're asking her questions and That's when they right. and then he asks her about if she if she believes in god it's kind of dirty it feels that way yeah but but in, in in a lot of the context of at that time, with so many people believing in God, like okay, is she the one to represent the Earth? It's weird because it's like, it's like you can get the argument works, yeah. and it's kind of like a lob. Like, yeah, I believe in God. You know, even if you're like the devil, you know, you just it's political. So it's uh, like you, can, yeah, it's political. <laughs> so you just say what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. Just, just like the like the other guy does. Yeah, he just he's I got such a dirt bag. He's yeah. such a sleaze ball. <laughs> he tells he, people exactly what they need to hear. He's like, yeah, he plays the game. It, it would be a shame if we had somebody who didn't represent the beliefs that we have. I was like, this mother. I was like, man, like, yeah, some man. higher and like they said, supreme power. So it didn't specifically say God. They said they believe in a supreme power, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like, wow, okay. But she was like, yeah. but yeah. So that, that, that scene was very Even fascinating. Even that's yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it was it was it was interesting to watch that. It was fascinating to watch that play. It was powerful because it's like, true. oh man, she's she's gonna give up her opportunity because you're like, you're like, oh come on, just say something, <laughs> just say God's cool, <laughs> do something. So there's that, and there's two more. Um, again, my my mother favorite scene is when is when that same guy when uh, what's his name, David. 
Drumlin. Drumlin. When it has when it has his ass blows up in the shit. <laughs> I, I I was like, yes, you got <laughs> that's your, terrible. You got your code. I, I, I kind of felt mixed. There's some like, people to do that too. Don't forget. Oh yeah, well I, yeah, I didn't want them to go. But when that guy got his, I was like, good riddance, fictional character. Good riddance to you. Good riddance. You got your you got your comeuppance. <laughs> Especially after his smug line about, you know, whatever happens, I just you know. Unfortunately, you know, we don't live in a world that's that's fair. I was like, oh, this guy. Yeah. But he got his, man. Yeah. Hey, I, his fictional characters. Like, hey, 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 hey. It was a, it was a tragic moment, <laughs> but it was a silver lining. I'm like, this guy's out. He's out. You're out for indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> indefinitely. Uh, Ellie, next man up. Yeah. Hey. So it was kind of almost almost all is lost though because. From their standpoint, it's like, are they going to put that money back into building that thing up? Half a trillion dollars. Whoa. But man, but the the fact that wow. again we talk about the politics, the fact that that thing had another version had been built by the Japanese. Shout now, out to Hutton. Yo, because I remember specifically when they were talking about the allocation of who was going to help build this thing, and said the Japanese they they just wanted the they wanted like the contract, tech, yeah, the, or the technology rights or something like that, yeah. like to it. And shout, shout out. I hey. mean, Semekis keep talking about the Japanese. Remember in uh, uh, Back, Back to the, the Future, Future. Three? <laughs> oh, there's a problem right here. Sales so made by Japan. Yeah, they make they make everything great, Doc. That's right. Like, hmm. <laughs> 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 they make all the cool stuff, Doc. I don't know about that, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Marty. <laughs> 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 That's all the his lo- eyes, man. His eyes are so big. Christopher Lloyd, man, he's uh he knows how to go bug eyed. <laughs> so the, the last the last thing I'll mention is just is uh Jody's her space travel. Like just that the whole scene of how that plays out, what she experiences just going That's through true. the world. That was a good one. That was a good one. It's like wow. I'm always like ghosting effects here and there. Intrigued on how that happens. Like uh, and it's kind of similar. It's like the streaks of light going by as you float through space. It's like, is that what it is? You know, we don't know. But maybe, but maybe, maybe not. It's cool to see people. Yeah, how people how people imagine or how people collaborate to imagine that. Yeah, to say, yeah, Stanley Kubrick did it. Uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars, they do the, the light streaks. Star Trek, yeah. The people, you know, when people go into light speed, yeah, like, yeah, what that looks like. It's it's interesting how different places portray that. You know, mm-hmm. for you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, how how they do it. Like this wormhole that opens up and you know. Yeah. Yeah, making these jumps to different whatever. Yeah, so anyway, that was that was all memorable. So those are the scenes that I had. Absolutely memorable. Yeah, that, that was a good memory. Memory. Yeah. Um, let's go to tropes. Um, I got a trope of like the the mystery guy, the all seeing mystery guy who is Hutton in this film. Who's I see everything. I see what's going on. Here's help you along the way. You're the one along the way mm. in the oracle I've got um, someone sabotages somebody else because they love them and that's what McConaughey, McConaughey's character did to, to Ellie mm. he tells her towards the end yeah. but at the time he's like oh you, you you screwed her over because you didn't want to lose her yeah it's kind of jerkish I agree yeah. a little extreme it is a little it's dramatic very and then the you bastard you can't stop our project how many times have we seen mm. that? Oh yeah, or the oh. it's my life. 
<laughs> and she says that specifically oh, to, to Dan's character. Yeah. It's my life. <laughs> it's like quote tropes. <laughs> For real. Uh, you got any more? Um, clever girl. That's a quote. There's a quote from Hudden when she finds out the primer to what he's doing. Mm. It just feels like, yeah, I've heard this before. I've got another quote trope. So this happens again when when the initial explosion happens and, and Dan dies. Yay. Um, <laughs> and the structure is breaking down. Someone is in a, in the control room yeah. and says, oh, my God. <laughs> Absolute trope. Someone in the control room seeing destruction and saying, oh, my God. Um, the creepy Christian onlooker. Oh, we've seen that guy before. Oh yeah, uh, Quentin Tarantino's played a Chris, creepy Christian. I can't remember. And maybe it was Dusty Dawn. I can't remember which one it was. But you know, the creepy Christian guy that's like obviously in a cult. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is again that was Gary Busick's son. Uh, he looks just like him. He, he was in does. a he was in a Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yes, yeah, medic. Name. <laughs> the dude throws a knife I think he throws a knife in his hand mm. Woohoo <laughs> um, So the, another trope The backstabber gets his due And comeuppance Yeah true That's okay. Dan See you Dan In um, sci-fi film like this We get the mathematic explanations mm. um, That's all I have tropes Oh the girl uh, running in slow motion to go save the other I've got a trope for you main character loses one if not both parents early in, in their childhood yeah that's true that's a cliche mm-hmm. quotes if there's no one else out there it seems like a waste of space it's like that was a good line yeah it really was um the powers that be are busy right now. Mm. You can call me a man of the cloth without the cloth. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, when um, who's the guy? What's the actor's name that's playing the blind um, blind scientist? That is. He kind of he like plays a creepy kind of guy sometimes. William Fitchner. William Fitchner. Um, uh, jo- uh, Ellie asked him later on, um, like, how did you get here? You know, because he found his way into where she was at, and he said, and a higher power intervened. Then oh, cut to yeah, Michael, yeah, yeah. My, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character. He's like, mm, yes, I'm I'm God. <laughs> um. This is, again, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but this is uh, Ellie's character saying to Angela Bassett's character, I have a problem. You know where I can find a really great dress? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When um, James, is it James Wood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Hitler is playing, he's like, <laughs> like spouting all this stuff, uh, he goes, okay, give me the president. <laughs> it's like, it's just... <laughs> He's like had enough. He's like, all right. So smug. Yeah. He's so like, smug. He's like, mm, okay. <laughs> he's so he's so good at playing smug. Uh, this is Ellie again when she's um, being questioned. She says, 
about whether or not she has faith. And she finally says, I, be- I believe, I believe I already answered that question. <laughs> yep. Um, back to the quote you were saying, um, I wish the world was fair, but unfortunately we don't live in that world. And she was like, that's funny. I always felt like the world's whatever you make it. Oh, take that. Now die. Uh, this is Ellie after they offer her uh, cyanide pill in case something goes wrong. Yeah. She's like, Am I going to travel uh, 2,600 light years to commit suicide? <laughs> wow. It's perspective. Dang. Maybe. Depends what's on the other end. Yeah. They said, well, this is this is. They said, this is for the things that we don't know. That oh, my go eyes, wrong. I can't unsee this. Give me that pill. I can't see where it's at. Ugh. Yeah, see, that would be a thing. Like, how, like, I got, I got some questions. Okay. I'll save, I'll save my questions. That's all I got for quote. I got a few more. Okay, okay. this is Ellie when she's in the machine. I'm okay to go. I'm okay to go. <laughs> um. All things being equal, the simplest explanation tends to be the right one. So beautiful. It's come over. It's, um, they, they, they should have brought a poet. I don't have the words to describe it. Sorry. No worries. Um, this is, this is Kitts. This is James Wood's character when he's, again, when, uh, at the very end when Ellie is in front of the committee. And he's asking about who is there someone who could have planned this whole thing out. And he says, someone with extraordinary technical expertise, um, enormous financial resources, someone perverse enough, eccentric enough to have come up with the idea in the first place. It's just I, I had to watch that several times just to get down. Yeah, the I had to get the words down. It's an it's an impressive little um, an inquiry, and it's smug as all hell when he says <laughs> it. I don't have any more quotes. That's all. That's my last quote. Oh, I do like on when one one when you said awful waste of space. Uh, when Matthew McConaughey says it to Ellie, Ellie, she's like, "Hey, man!" It's like he just closed <laughs> the deal. I was like, "All right, all right." All right. She all said, right. "Amen." And I was like, "Oh, that's the key. That's the key." Mm. Um, do you have questions for our filmmakers? Uh, yes, I do. I have a couple questions, uh, Bob. Please come in, have a seat. Um. Reginald have a seat as well. I'll oh, okay. be able to help out. Okay. Help help with these answers. Yes indeed. Uh did Ellie imagine everything or did she really travel to another plane of existence? She really traveled. Could there have been some kind of malfunction that would have affected the video and or her watch? Nope. Okay. Solid. Another question. <laughs> um what about that 18 hours of video footage and the 14 hours that uh advanced on her watch? At least according to uh, one Jody Foster. What does that mean? That there's 18 hours of nothing? Yeah, just, I'm just, what, is it, what does it mean? It means it was recording. That's what it means. And she, yeah, for 18 hours. Mm. So t- she experienced, it means she experienced time differently so than we saw her. So here's what's also interesting. It's the opposite of what of what McConaughey had said. He said, okay, if you, if you leave and go there and, you know, 50 years go by, you come back, we're all old and dead. Yeah. Where she went, 18 hours went by for her but it was a like a millisecond on our end so time was it it went slower there and quicker no it went slower here and no it went quicker here what went quicker time 
it was slower there because 18 hours worth there. No, time went faster there because 18 hours lapsed quickly, but the time went slower here. It went the opposite way of what McConaughey had explained. I see it more... Because over there, 18 hours went by in a fraction of, of what was a fraction of a second here. It's almost like, um, like time is experienced different when you go into these different universes and theory and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it could be possible she's in two places at once at the same time. And as she's at this other location, that world is going on regardless. Mm-hmm. And maybe did she travel there or did she experience that place while right here, what's I the, don't know. What's the difference? I, um, I think the difference is we kind of view it as you get into a thing and go and like travel. Physically go yeah. versus like stepping into. Yeah. Or different, of, like on a, a different vibrational frequency kind of thing. And what does a portal look like if you jumped into a portal? What does that look like for you here? Or do you disappear as you go into the portal? Is it possible you can be in this? container or maybe that container is the portal but we see we think that you're still in it speaking of that my other question kind of adjacent to that is when they talked about like building this this second one that was made by the japanese yeah and ellie specifically asked about well i don't remember in the design anything be anything about a chair oh you remember saying that yep so did the chair cause the machine to malfunction and interrupt how the how the journey would have went is that why? Is that why it, it malfunctioned and crashed? Because they because it didn't, it didn't follow crash, their specific though. designs. It crashed through and, and 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 the it fell through. I think that I thought that was what was supposed to happen. I don't think so. So like the portal opens, mm-hmm. we see the portal open. She goes into the portal and she comes through it. She was supposed to have gone somewhere though. Like she did, for, but they didn't see that. For them, for so? them, they didn't. It, it didn't quite. <laughs> I, but I'm saying, did the for them, she didn't go anywhere. According to what their their monitors had, had right. read out, what according to how they were supposed to design it. But did that chair affect affect the uh, the the workings of the machine? Oh, I don't think it, so. That becomes my question. I don't think so. Because because um, even it was interesting though. Even in her vision of what she saw, that chair comes loose and 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 yeah. gets destroyed. Yeah, it's like, huh? It wasn't supposed to be there. It was, and she she mentioned like you said she mentioned it like. But, you know, make us feel better. You need to get in the chair to make us some kind of safety because it doesn't make sense. For our brains, seatbelts. You right. know what I mean? But in their design, it's it's flawless. I also wondered about, like, what about, like, oxygen? Like, you know, air supply. Mm-hmm. Is this this thing supplying air? Like, what? She doesn't have any kind of helmet on? Like, I know she's not going, you know, into space in the traditional right. sense. But, but just the air inside that container. I don't know how that worked. Yeah. Um so, uh, in the original design, was that built on water? Yes, because yeah, because when it when it explodes, pieces are flying like on, on like hitting the water. So there's a feature that talks about where they found like the they the, how they made the splashes and stuff like that. But yeah. So I'm assuming since both were created to be on top of water, that was the point of when it goes through, it's supposed to land in the water. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the design. So it did what it was supposed to do. It's just it wasn't spectacular for the onlookers to see it. But she asked them, "How long was I gone?" Yeah, because she just woke up from eighteen hours. Exactly. But they said you didn't go anywhere. So at some point, that thing is supposed to disappear and be gone for a while, and then reappear. But for them, it it did. Maybe she did, but the the device didn't. 
I don't know. Mm. Yeah. But see, but it should have. That's 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 what they were expecting it to do. The the, the, yeah. the device should it, have disappeared. It wasn't clear though on what would happen. <laughs> it didn't say. Based on these schematics, it's supposed to take off at eighty miles per hour, and that you know, it, we didn't we didn't get that. Well, based on their question to me, that that makes it clear that this thing should have gone somewhere. Like, well, they they would have noticed it was gone. It's and a then it's a circle. It's just like. I agree, but the, yeah. but she's supposed to travel in within that circle somewhere, and then maybe come back. That's the whole point. Like this, it's a it's a it's a device for transport. Yeah, she's supposed to transport somewhere. And it then, didn't look how it didn't look like how they wanted it to look, basically, because this portal opens up. Uh-huh. You see it. Everybody sees it. Everybody's like, oh, we see the this. white light. Yeah, we see that. We see that it went through there. But yeah, and she didn't die. That's true. That is true. (laughs) Like it's such a powerful force. Like ships are being attracted to this power. I agree with all that. But for whatever reason, she didn't die. Everybody except her. Like you didn't go anywhere. She was like, no, but I was gone. I'm the one who was in there. None of you guys were. How about y'all go in there and check it out for yourself? Oh no, we're good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but that that those are questions. We can start. So the to solve that, everybody gets a ride. Your turn. Let's run it. You get a ride. You, you get, get a ride. ride. You get a ride. She's right. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Anyway, but those are the questions that I yeah, that I have. That's interesting. It's um But I think this movie leaves you with questions. Yeah. The eighteen hours does it for me. Yeah. I, I have to agree with that. Like, man. They just came back with something tangible. Now if she didn't have the eighteen hours, it's like you're just hallucinating. Yeah. Or you you bumped your head. Oof. <laughs> they were shaking a lot. You did take a bump, took a spill. Yeah. yeah. So I, mm, I wonder because you know when she awakens, she's on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the chair still got crushed potentially. Yeah. Because she wasn't strapped in anymore. She was literally on the on the ground of that thing. Yeah, and the chair went up to the. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that still happened. Anyway, that's inter- it's interesting. I'm like, because I don't know. That's fat. It's, it's it's very interesting. It leaves me, it leaves me with questions. I, that's the reason why she got her money at the end. Of, like. Angela Bass was basically telling none of his character we gotta pay, we gotta like, pay her out yeah to, I didn't realize they were talking about money yeah to continue her um, her research yeah hmm why yeah so like Angela Bass's character was the one that was like I think it's interesting he's like yes it is that is interesting mm. he's like saying so much without saying anything of course he's a politician now yeah that is interesting like he was drilling her about the stuff saying having no evidence but there actually is evidence I think his old angle is trying to keep national security. Like if we can, if I can dis, like if I can discredit her, cut this check. If I can discredit her, or we can pay her off to be quiet, mm-hmm. and she can just keep doing the research stuff, then I can make a run for president. It's all a trade. Mm. Anyhow, what do you have for trivia? Oh boy, let me burn through this. How much trivia you got? Two. Oh, okay. Well, we'll actually we'll, one because one's already been talked about. Okay. I have one. Okay, uh, most people during that occupation scene where they kind of all show up at the place where they're doing the research, when all these strangers show up, most of those people brought their own dressing and costumes to that ah, scene. In the desert. I forgot what it was called. Yes, sir. Uh, the popcorn was in the shape of the Big Dipper. It was the, the scene where the daughter's going to say, hopefully save her dad. It doesn't happen, but the popcorn on the ground is in the shape of the Big Dipper. Mm. 
I even think for a moment in his hand with the sand that he had, I think for a moment as the sand's falling away, I think there's a little constellation that uh, may be in the shape of a of the Big Dipper. Hey. Uh, the sound designer was selected far earlier than usual for this film because it was so important. I agree. Uh, Bob Zemeckis' son and his niece both cameo in the film. They actually play the, the, the kids of the initial astronaut who backed out. And his son's the one who says, I didn't want, I didn't want my dad to, to, go, to go there. <laughs> and those kids were in Forrest Gump as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't sit here. Mm. Saints taken. <laughs> uh, Ellie's spacesuit was actually based on Joan of Arc and represented like a form of armor. Huh, okay. Uh, Jody had to shoot that chair scene multiple times. It was very uncomfortable for her because because she was just shaking and shaking continuously. And at one point afterwards, she started getting vertigo attacks uh, oh. in the evenings. Yeah. And so they had to switch to a different kind of chair. Uh, Jody actually very early on in the opening couple of scenes, you can see she has a bump on her head, like yeah. a bruise. Because uh, when she came out of the Harrier jet, three times she bumped her head coming out of that Harrier jet. Dang. Yeah. And yeah, that's it for trivia. Now it's time for filmmaker tips. What you got? Extended scenes and one shots are best to be pulled off by top quality actors who know their lines. Who? Um, character traits. So there's a character trait with uh, Jodie Foster's character, Ellie, the younger actress. She would like do this little thing where she'll put her hair um, behind her ear and just do it. And then we would see Jodie Foster do the same thing. And it's like a way to kind of connect your, your characters. Also, there's a scene where uh, the daughter, right after the funeral, she has, she's like in this little fetal position. Like she's like holding her arms under her legs and puts her head on her knees. Uh, we see Joda Foster do that later on um, in right, her room. Right before she's getting ready to get on the ship, right? Yeah. And before um, McConaughey comes in to see her, she's kind of mm. sitting in the bed and she's barefoot. She's kind of, I think, in that pose. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. so connecting those characters. So use character traits to connect your characters. And typically, if there's a kid that's playing you, you typically then try to find the kid and you try to adapt and adopt their um, rhythms and movements and idiosyncrasies into your character versus them trying to really imitate you. Typically, the, the actor tries to imitate the child to to complete the, uh, Absolutely. the connection of the character. We've seen that with uh, Tom Hanks mm -hmm. and Forrest Gump. Yep, exactly. I think you would talk like this. Mm. So edit editing is about emotion. It's not always easy to explain why a cut is made, but it's about how it makes you feel. So there's a scene, I think, were they in Puerto Rico? Yes. Um, and they were all recording it. They recorded course it's outside uh but the bugs were so loud that they actually had to loop yeah looping mean adr and replace a dialogue it can be difficult we've been in that situation before it to me it just feels it feels fake yeah <laughs> we don't get the real thing that happened but hey it happens sometimes you gotta loop in the adr and for the professionals even with some of the best gear that your industry has offers still isn't good enough in for your audio bit of trivia tom hank's brother actually does a lot of his ADR for him because he can he can do Tom Hanks that, much spot on. That's cool. Um, in scientific movies, you have to explain the intent of the science just like Doc Brown did in Back to the Future. Marty! Marty! <laughs> English, Doc. Well, that's heavy. Heavy. 
Baller. <laughs> I'll never see Doc Brown the same again. <laughs> like, oh, that's it. You're hot. <laughs> I've got you figured out, Doc. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, they use 65 millimeter uh, film to like kind of blow up and get more room in, in some of their shots. Mm. 65 millimeter. That's all the trivia that I have. Oh. Oh, these are filmmaker tips. I mean, it's all the tips that I have. Oh, well, let me hurry. And all the trivia. Um, So, there's a scene when Ellie is driving to go tell the guy, you bastard, you can't stop my project. <laughs> and then, <laughs> in that shot, she's in a Jeep, and we see behind her, and she's driving towards all these actors. And then she just stopped. Like, they ran out, they run out the scene, except the guy, the main guy, I can't, th- I can't remember the guy's name, the character. The smug, not not James Underwood, but the other one. Uh, Dan. So he just stays in the middle like, yeah, run me over if you want to. Um, but in that scene, it's actually a stunt driver that's driving her. It's not her driving. But we, when you see this shot, you're like, dang, she's actually driving. This is pretty dope. She said that was her like scariest day on set because the guy who was driving and she didn't know that he was going to get that close. And like once he stopped and like, they cut, she was like, this is irresponsible. She was like freaking out about the whole <laughs> That's thing. That's why she wasn't the driver. Yeah, she was freaking out about it. She didn't know he was going to get that close. Yeah. <laughs> this is irresponsible. <laughs> she almost killed somebody, but, mm. but not really. But not really. Um, but we've seen that a lot in the case with Tom Cruise and Maverick. You know, we see him behind the wheel, but it's actually a driver back there doing the driving. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, okay. Um, if you always sell your location um, that can blend to your stage. So if you're on a stage and then you have like an exterior shot, make sure you try to find ways to kind of connect it to the stage so it doesn't feel like these people are walking onto a stage. Yes, sir. Uh, so I always sell that uh, location. Um, oh, oh dear. Oh, some stuff you've already covered. Um, yes. When um, when talking like to a composer, um, the director he typically uses an emotional connection to talk to the composer because he wants them to have a, an emotional connection to the scene, um, and he talks to them just the same way he would talk to the an actor. Yep, I remember Zemeckis like saying that. Um. The audience should know what was what what is intended. So we see the pod, the little illustration of the pod following falling through the the wormhole. So we get an illustration on how this thing works. So in our brain, we're like we're experts, just like Doc Brown <laughs> at eighty miles per hour. Then <laughs> the electricity, <laughs> gigawatts, gigawatts. <laughs> What's uh, what's Doc Brown's catchphrase? Great That's Scott. A, great Scott. Yeah. <laughs> great Scott. Mm-hmm. Then he passes out. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Too high. That's yeah, a great movie. See, Back to the Future. It's a great. It's a great. Solid for a reason. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch Endgame again and see just how many Back to the Future references. Oh yeah, already yeah. there. Not just by mention, but just by some of the things that happen. Yeah, absolutely. But this was solid, man. Contact was solid film, solid performances. Uh, again, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah, I thought so. It, it's um, this one is solid. This is one of those ones. It's like a, it's like a project. It's like uh, 
we're doing this for us kind of thing. It's not for the public. This mm. is one. It's like, no, can't compare it to Hateful Eight. But it's kind of like the same thing as Hateful Eight, whereas this is something, this is like a project that's one to do. Uh, y'all can come watch it if you want. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little indulgent on the the, the science. And they, they really focus a lot on the science and building all this stuff. And yeah, it was an expensive one. This reminds me of a, there's another film that this reminds me of, but that, uh, do the alien, does a ship come to earth? White lady scientist comes and kind of, it's like the smoky alien thing. She's like contacting it. I can't think of the name of the sci-fi, but it's what this contact reminds me, an early version of what that film is that recently came out probably in the last 10 years. Um, Smoky alien thing. Yeah, it's like spelling things out to her and stuff like that. Like they're actually having a conversation. Hmm. Dang. Was it pretty popular? It was. If I. Uh, Arrival. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't see Arrival. Is that Jessica Chastain? Is she in that one? That was on Amazon. I think I remember seeing it pop up on Amazon quite a bit when that one. God, was that a show? No, it was a TV was that, show. Was just, I remember watching this on like uh, American Airlines or something like that. It was a movie, right? Yeah, it's a movie. It's Jessica, I think Jessica Chastain may have been it is. in that one. And your boy uh, from Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. yeah. Come on, come on, internet. Oh, I'm on, I'm on my iPhone. But anyhow, I was trying to pull it up. That, but anyhow, that's what Contact reminds me of Arrival. And it's funny how like these words, like <laughs> so I like this one word. That's directed shows. by Denny Villanueva. Villanueva. So I'm, I'm sure it's beautiful. Oh, that's got our, our girl um, Amy. Amy from uh, Superman. From uh, Man of Steel. Amy Adams. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, it's a pretty good cast. Arrival. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I watched that one. I was like, oh, I'm sucked in. Hmm. A linguistic, a linguist works with the military to communicate with alien life forms after 12 mysterious spacecraft appear around the world. Arrival. The propaganda train has already started. Anyhow, um, what are we diving into next time? Next time, we will be diving into still the world of one Rob Zemeckis with death. Becomes her. Yeah, that's, that one's a funny one. I don't know if it holds up, but we'll see. Indeed. Yeah, what would you give this um, movie out of 10? I'll give it a solid uh, six and a half. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Almost seven. Yeah, six I almost said seven. For the genre? Like, for the genre? Uh, six and a half. Six and a half, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's this is not something, I, again, I don't know when I would ever watch this again. Yeah, it's one and done. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I've I, I, I watched I, this I, a few I, times, though. I've watched this a few times. Um, it, like, when it's, like, the sci-fi drama where it's, like, kind of, it's ambiguous and, like, gives you hope kind of, you know, thing that, you know, this could be a good thing. I meant to say this almost feels like a precursor to Interstellar. Yeah. Interstellar, that's another one. Yeah. I mean, and wasn't was Matthew McConaughey in that one? 100% he was. It's yeah. another universe where Matthew exactly. McConaughey is a person that travels. 
All right. All right. All right. All right. Was Interstellar good? Man, it was confusing. I don't say that often about music. Shout out to Nolan. But I watched it. I was like, uh, huh? So I I need to watch it again. Inception. Tenant. Interstellar. These all things. Memento. Oh. Memento was good. Nolan be trying to break your brain. Mm. Out here trying to break brains. Tenet is a masterpiece. Tenet is pretty dope. He he likes to play with these concepts. Oh. Space, time. What made me memory. What made me say Tenet is a masterpiece is because they had to logistically map out everything that happened on the timeline from one character. And so one ca- one camera is following as it's going on. Now, as the other timeline is happening at the same time, going the opposite direction, another camera is following them, and then it just intersects. And we get to see the movie when it like kind of intersects. Like, what's going on here? Reverse, reverse. But if you were to follow the cameras all the way through, it would actually make sense. It's crazy. I it is like, crazy. Genius. Imagine trying to explain that in a production meeting. I, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. I'm sorry. My brain's digging out of my ear. <laughs> so, you're getting it all wrong. Uh, <laughs> what was it called when uh, the when the, when you experience the backwards part and you're supposed to go with the backwards action? Um, oh man, I don't remember. Yeah, I forgot what they called it. It's a name for it. Vimerence, reverence. I don't remember. I'm making up stuff. Any rate, so um, we can be. You can catch us where Facebook.com forward slash filmmaker commentary. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. No iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Boom. And you can find us on Twitter. He's at Reggie Titus. I'm at KCG Smith32. We're also on Instagram at Filmmaker Commentary. He is at Reginald Titus Jr. That's JR. And I'm at KCG Smith32. Until next time, peace. Respect. Respect.